everybody, welcome to episode 32 here on What About Therapy. I'm Enoch Fossum, I'm a certified mindfulness life coach. I'm Austin Ivey, and I'm certified in the basics of acceptance and commitment therapy, and we're both going to school to be marriage and family therapists here in the state of Utah. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about divorce, and particularly around children and how to help them transition in the best way possible during the divorce. Let's get right into it. Let's do it. Okay, so this can be, let's say, a pretty heavy topic for some people, Maybe especially if you have gone through a divorce or if you're in the middle of a divorce. And so I hope that what we have to say in this episode can help you, especially if you have kids mm-hmm. and you are, even even if you are divorced and you have been divorced, these principles or these uh, steps can still really help. And as we're going through the things we're talking about today, um, we're going to kind of leave to the side things like, because um, we're going to talk about like, I guess, rules, guidelines, and suggestions when it comes to making divorce less destructive. And we're going to kind of leave out the really intense situations like with abuse and yeah. with um, neglect and especially the physical abuse when it comes in divorce. Because there's a lot of divorces that happen because of that. And so, um, a lot of the, the target that we're, the audience that we're targeting, I guess, is more the, um, the more no fault divorces, the less emotionally uh, or physically abusive divorces, because that, that topic will probably be an episode in the future, the more abusive relationships, because a lot of these are hard to apply to those types of divorces because they're not, not right. a lot of it's going to be like, stay close to the divorced spouse and stuff like that. And, and you have like restraining orders yeah. and all that stuff exactly so we're not going to really go into that maybe in a future episode but not today yeah yep okay first of all divorce is never easy okay even if you don't have kids even i don't know even if you maybe don't like the person anyway like it's still a grueling process and it can be really hard and yeah Never easy. And when you do have kids, the initial blow to the kids when you say you're having a divorce is inevitable. It's going to happen no matter what. And what your job as a parent is during that time is to simply lighten the blow. And there are things that you can do to make it not as bad, but trying to shield your child from no trauma or hardship or heartache from a divorce like is pointless really because it's not going to happen it's going to be hard no matter what and that's something that i mean as a parent if you get divorced with kids that's something that you have chosen to do and that's something that you also need to take into account when thinking about divorce is the blow on your children like how that's going to happen because you can't avoid it that's you know, inevitable. Yes, yeah, just like Thanos from Avengers. <laughs> it it's, is like Thanos. <laughs> he's going to snap his finger. Something's going to happen to the kids. It, um, it's hard to say, like Enix said, it's hard to, almost impossible to make that blow not happen, I guess. Yeah, they're they're going to they're gonna disappear. They're going to blip at some point, and it's up to you to make sure that transition or that blip or that blow is as soft or as less impactful as possible because um, it doesn't matter, like Enoch said earlier, it doesn't matter if you, they don't like the the spouse that you're getting divorced from, if they don't like 
the relationship or if things are rough at home because of the relationship and things eventually do get better because of the divorce, that divorce will have some type of long-term effect on their lives no matter what. And so the things we're going to be talking about today, um, a lot of different really helpful things are really to help a parent specifically lighten that load on a kid who's going to have struggles no matter what from having those divorced parents. It's, it's like Enoch said, it's completely inevitable that they're going to have that. But these things can help with the healing and they can help with the initial blow a lot. A lot. Yeah. So we're first going to talk about five factors of for, for post-divorce adjustment. Okay, so things that can affect and will affect the, uh, the ability for the kids to adjust post-divorce or even in the middle of the divorce. Mm-hmm. So the first one is... Let's see here. So also I have here. So each of these items directly correlates to the rate and quality of adjustment. And so if, you know, you do these really well, then the rate and quality of adjustment will be a lot better. But if you aren't doing as well in these areas, then the rate and quality of adjustment is going to be a bit more poor. Yeah. So first one, um, I'm going to read this. It just looks like it's written weird. The amount of conflict among family members. So that's one of the things that we want to try to limit that's going to directly correlate with the quality of adjustment is limiting that conflict among the family members. And so we're going to try to do our best, or you want to do your best to limit the conflict with people in the family because there's already a lot of tension just because of the divorce being there itself. And so there's no need to create more of that or to add to the flame or to add gas to the flame, whatever you want to call it, because this can just cause some of the family members to snap. It can cause them to boil over the edge and start to have really long-term psychological effects because of it. And so um, once that happens, once things boil over, once relationships are past the breaking point because of the family tension or the lack of familial connectedness because of those um, conflicts, um, the healing process becomes harder and longer. And for some people, almost impossible because things are already bad with the relationships. Like the whole world is falling apart, especially for a kid. Mm-hmm. And so if they're if all that's happening in the family is um, arguments and fights and disagreements <laughs> and yelling matches, um, that's just going to, that's going to scar the child and even like adult children past a point of, of no return. It may seem like it, especially for them because those, they'll just carry that with them for the rest of their life. If, if any of you have heard of ACEs or the adverse childhood experiences, like test or rating scale, you can simp- you can add another point to that scale by causing more conflict, which is a really big deal, and that's something that we're going to talk about in a future episode is just talk about ACEs and how that can affect children, how that affects all of us. Um, but anyways, or anyway, I've come to find that anyways isn't really a real word. It is. It's just an informal Oh. Word in, of informal anyway. slang. Yeah, oh, okay. It's a slang word. Wow. So I do my best to say anyway. My wife always gets on me. Say, it's anyway. Oh. Say anyways. <laughs> so today's what about English, not what about therapy? That's what I'm learning today. Yep. Anyway, you guys. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Learn something new. But yeah, there you go. We'll talk about that. You can literally stop uh, a child from getting a higher ACE rating by limiting conflict in the house, which is really important. Basically what an ACE 
a high A score can contribute to is like physiological health problems and yep. like yep. really bad mental physio mental psychopathology. And so, for instance, you get at your greater risk for heart disease and diabetes and heart failure if you have a high A score. And so, if we can limit this one, which is one of the points or <clears throat> parts of the ACE scale, then you lower your child's risk of actual physical illnesses as they go forward in their life with physical body development, which is, that's why we want to talk about that so much in a future episode, because it's such a deep and meaningful topic that we've been learning about recently. So yeah. We'll get into that in the future, but yeah, yeah divorce great. plays a huge part in that scale and a child's ACE score. Yeah. So we want to try to limit that. Okay, the number number two, the second uh, factor is the emotional and physical availability of both parents to their children. So I think this is also another thing that we're going to talk about is when you're making these kinds of decisions, especially when you get a divorce, you need to put the child first. What is best for the child? Especially when you're moving. Like Austin and I were talking about just barely how like in Disney movies, parents get a divorce or whatever and the parent lives you know, across the country. Like... And I get it. I understand that some situations you can't avoid those. But if you can, you want to stay in a decent close proximity to one another as parents, as co-parents. So then your children can have physical and emotional availability with that parent. And the chance to connect with them still, not just over FaceTime. Like the physical aspect is really important for them to physically be there and spend time with them. And that's one thing that will really be able to lighten the blow and help them adjust into the new lifestyle that they've just been thrown into. Yeah, and that links really well with the third factor um, because the third one is the, um, is the ability to nurture a positive relationship between divorced parents and between parents and child. And the only way that's possible is by staying in close proximity. And so, that is the first thing that needs to happen to help with number three here to nurture those relationships because as much as you probably don't want to or as much as it might seem crazy or weird, that relationship still needs to be there with the divorced spouse because you're still in like a co-parenting, at least you should be, hopefully you are, being a co-parenting contract, either physical or I guess symbolic, to help raise your children, to help make sure they have the best possible outcome. And so you need to nurture those relationships there only needs to be that relationship between the children and as well as still between the parents so they can still communicate about what the kids need and about what, um, how their homework is going, how their relationships are doing and stuff like that. And so um, always nurturing those relationships is going to be a play a huge factor in the outcome of the child. Yeah. And again, just a reminder, this is not about like abusive parents mm -hmm. or abusive uh, types of divorces because, I mean... You obviously don't want your kid to spend time with the parent who was really, really abusive. Yes, yeah. the one that caused the the very thing that caused the divorce in the first place. Um, so, again, just a reminder: if you have gotten a divorce and it was because of abuse, like a lot of these things are going to be different for you. And yeah. again, we'll talk about that later in a future episode. Yeah, we're not telling you to have a relationship with the person that beat you or physically or emotionally destroyed you we're just saying for those who do have more no-fault divorces um these are things you can do to lighten the load on your on your children yeah because they're 
it needs to be done in those cases. It can't just be pushed to the side. Um, and if it's a relationship that is able to be manifested or to be nurtured, it needs to be nurtured for the child's sake. Yep. So they don't get super messed up. <laughs> yeah. And the fourth factor is the amount of social and extended family support. And, I mean, this one's pretty clear and simple why it's important, because, I mean, the more support that the child has, that the parents have, then that takes off a lot of stress, and it provides more feelings of safety, and it's just overall better for the child and the parent. Yeah, and I don't know how much to add to that. Like, it's when having that, like foundation underneath of extended family um it can really help like with people that i know that have been the i don't say victims but their parents have gotten divorced um what helped them the most was their extended family and i know that's a huge contributor for for kids especially young kids when they have like their cousins their aunts and their uncles involved it helps them not fall through the cracks of the family i guess when there's that like grandma and grandpa involved and so if you are the extended family of someone who's been divorced, you can help by being there for them. And if you are, I guess, in a family that has been recently divorced, try to build those relationships with your extended family because it will help. And I've seen that firsthand that it really does help. And so that leads us right into the fifth one as well. And they kind of linked with the fourth one is, um, the fifth one is economic resources available to the single parent and child. And that can have to do with extended family as well, reaching out for them reaching out to them for help and for resources. And that's something that I've seen my family do and, and people that I know, friends that have gotten divorced or their parents have gotten divorced, um, extended family was able to help with economic resources because when that divorce happens, it's typically pretty messy with finances. And uh, there's a lot of like separating assets and money and property. And all of a sudden now you're in a single parent type of situation where typically the, the income in those situations are really low. And so that's something to really pay close attention to because um, economic depravity, I guess would be the word for it, it, it contributes to so many different risk factors of like substance abuse and depression, anxiety and things like that. And so adding on top of that a divorce where you don't have both parents in the home, where you're, then you're struggling with economic issues, that could just, that's just a mess of issues waiting to happen. And so that's something to really pay attention for as you're thinking about divorce or as you're going through divorces, making sure that you have the economic resources you need to help sustain your family and, and your children because that could just add to a mess that's already pretty bad. Yeah, and the majority of the time when there is a divorce, the kids are usually with their mother and statistically speaking, women's income are simply less, mm -hmm. you know? And so that can cause, I think that's where a lot of that issue lies is when they're with the single mother and she has to pick up more jobs to try and keep up with the amount of income that's needed and so family can play a really big role in in that mm -hmm. and I can't even imagine what it's like to separate bank accounts because my wife and I struggled to even combine it in the first place and so I can't even I mean maybe the reverse process is easier but yeah. <laughs> I can't even yeah no thanks. That's a deterrent for me not to get a divorce. <laughs> you gotta separate those bank accounts. I don't accounts. want to separate <laughs> those bank accounts. <laughs> oh my. All right. So those were the five factors to, you know, help the quality of the adjustment of the child. And now we're going to talk about like nine different 
pads in a sense that you can use to layer on top of one another to increase the padding of the fall to the child. Yeah, lessen that blow as they fall through the <laughs> yep. sticky parts of divorce. Yeah. yeah, and going through divorce, there are a lot of things that are simply out of your control, but all of these nine things are going to be in your control. These are things that you can contribute to to help not only your relationship and the padding uh, for the child, but also your relationship between your spouse or your your ex spouse, if that's a thing. Yeah. Ex spouse. Ex husband. Ex husband. Ex wife. Yeah. yeah. So Former spouse. Lots of things that are out of your control, and you'll realize that as you get into it. If you have been divorced, you probably know exactly the things that you just they're going to happen, and you're not going to be able to control it. But for example, the first one that we can control is to reassure the child of his or his or her worth throughout the process and afterwards. Because most children that go through a divorce, they will probably have a, a damaged self-worth and their self-worth will be attacked the whole time. They might ask themselves, am I not good enough? Do I not matter? Like, was I not important enough to my parents to where they would stay together? They're going to blame themselves for a lot of it and they're going to have really low self-esteem. At least that's what I've seen with friends and family that have gone through divorce. Um, it really damages their self-esteem. And so that's something that you can really focus on with your child when you spend time with them to make sure that they know that it's not their fault and that you still love them and that they are still um, worth it in your eyes, that you're going to try. And you can do that with your actions as well as controlling those five things that we talked about before, that with your actions you'll show them that they are worth the effort that you're going to put in. But also with your words and know their love language, the things they need to know and things that you need to do to them to make sure that you still love them and that they still have um, worth in your eyes because they're going to blame themselves for a lot of things if if they're like most children that go through divorce. Yes, yeah. And that brings us to the second one, to reassure the child that divorce is a product of the parent's inability to live with live together and nothing to do with the child. So it's not kind of like it goes off number one. The kids will say, you know, it's my fault that mom and dad are getting a divorce. And you need to reassure them and tell them that, no, it's not your fault. It's simply that, you know, your mom and I or your dad and I just have decided we can't live with each other anymore because of, you know, certain issues or disagreements or whatever, however you want to handle that. But the main principle there is to reassure them that it's not their fault because it's really not. And I would even argue that in a very rare situation or I don't even know how rare that would be but if it really is the kids fault as in if you have kids you don't you didn't want kids huh. and it really is the kids fault because you don't want to be around them you don't want to have kids I would argue and say that even then you don't say that it's their fault because remember during for all like with all of this you need to ask what is best for the child and saying that it's your fault that mom and I or dad and I are getting a divorce will just absolutely destroy their self-worth and affect them for the rest of their life. And so even then, like that's just a simple pad that you can put out there and say this is just something that you know your mom and I or your dad and I have decided to do because it's just not working out. 
Yeah, exactly. And this is where I'm going to kind of kind of take a stand, like a huge opinion moment for me. Um, when it comes to divorce, um, there's no excuses to making sure the kids are the focus of it because I guess I don't want to see divorce as like a selfish thing because it's definitely not in a lot of cases. But sometimes it's really it really is the best option. It really is the best option. Yeah. But no matter what the reason of the divorce, the parents have a, a very extreme responsibility to make sure the kids don't get messed up. And so there's no excuses at this point of taking control of these nine things that we're talking about. Because you've made the, the decision to do this with your divorce. And like we said just a second ago, some divorces are the best option. And I agree with that. There's some divorces that just need to happen. But when there's kids involved, um, there's no excuses. I, I just don't want to hear it, you know? Like, make sure to take care of your kids. And I'm sure most people out there are committed to doing that. And it's because most people just love their kids and they just, the marriage isn't working out because that's, that's okay. Sometimes it doesn't. It's what's best sometimes. Um, I guess the, the stand I'm taking here is to please take care of your children because that, that's, that, this, this is such an important thing and it, it can affect a child so much. And so um, really take that time, take do these things to, to help your child because they have such a huge impact on the child. So that's my little soapbox moment is there's no excuses when it comes to the child itself. You need to do what you can to make sure they don't get messed up. So anyways, next one. <laughs> I second that, by the way. I back yeah. him up. Yeah, there we go. Backed up. Um, next one. This I really liked this one um, because I feel like it's a, it's a pretty common one. But to make it clear to the child that the parent values the time they spend together and the time that the child spends with the other parent. And what I've seen, like what you see in like a lot of movies, TV shows, and even in real life is that like, one parent will say, oh, my, the time you spend with me is better. Like, I, yeah. um, like, don't go to mom's house. Mom's house probably sucks. Like, you want to come to my house for, for She's Christmas. She's so boring. Yeah. I'm so fun. I'll take you to the game. We'll do all this. Like, I am so much better. And that may be the case. Maybe you are more fun, but that's not very helpful. And we talk about that a lot in the podcast. Some things may be true, but they're not helpful. What's the most helpful thing here is to not talk crap on the other parent. And we're going to talk about that in a minute is speaking highly of the other parent. And speak highly of this, the time they spend with them because you don't want to degrade the time they spend with the other parent because that parent is just as important to their future and to their development just as much as you are. And so make sure to speak highly of them and the time they spend together so they will want to see their parent, the other, the other parent, because they need to see the other parent to develop properly. Mm -hmm. And so you can just control that by watching your language, the things that you say, and the rhetoric you use when talking about the time they spend with the other, the other parent, the things they do, don't degrade or vilify anything that they do as boring or stupid or pointless, or if they have them take different classes or different things with them, just keep your mouth shut. Take Thumper's advice. If it's not nice, don't, well, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't, don't say, it, say at all. it at all. Because yeah. especially in this situation, you don't want to change the way that your kid looks at the other parent. And then back to the, the first line, too, is to make it clear that you value the time they spend together, that you spend together. Uh, when I was preparing some thoughts this morning, I was thinking about the movie Santa Claus with, um, have you ever seen that movie with Tim Allen? Maybe. Okay, so old know. Christmas movie, Tim okay. Allen, like, divorce situation. It's a pretty good divorce situation where they're living close together and they, they have visitation. But um, as, as busy as Scott Calvin is in that movie, for anyone who's seen it, he shows Charlie that he really values his time with him. And Charlie obviously really values his time with him. Um, I guess later on in like the second movie, in the third movie. 
um, the, fir the first part Dang, of the first movie. How many movie. Santa Clauses are there? Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's three Santa Claus movies. Um, but yeah, in that in that second movie, especially, like it shows that he really cares about Charlie and the mom also cares. Those movies are really good examples of how to, to handle a divorce situation, especially two and three. So if you want a really good example go. of how to handle a divorced parent situation and co-parenting, watch Santa Claus 1, 2, and 3. Because even one has good examples of how co-parenting should happen. So anyways, <laughs> show that you value <laughs> the kid's time and the value they spend with the other, the other parent. And that'll help a lot. Yeah, and I understand this can be something that's really hard, especially if there was some tension. I mean, there's usually always going to be tension in a divorce, but it can be really hard to talk positively about your partner that you're separated with now, separated from, but just, just power through that. Mm -hmm. Like have your child's best interest in mind and realize that it's not going to do any good. It's not helpful at all to just talk crap on their parent. They're still their parent, whether you like it or not. And a lot of the times kids will back up their parents and they notice. And so when you talk crap on like your former spouse, which is still their parent, then they notice and they can, sometimes I've seen, uh, you know, kids stand up to their parents and say, don't talk to, don't talk about mom that way. Or mm -hmm. like, stop saying that about dad. And that's yeah, something that they really do notice. And so if you can just do your best to always speak positively, and if you don't have any positive thoughts, just, don't say anything at Don't all. Don't talk about them when you're together. Yeah. Let's talk about the kid. Yep. All right. And that brings us to, what are we on, the fourth one? Yeah, I or think it's a, uh, let's fourth, see, make fourth. a fair, make up an honor of yep. plan. Yeah. So, well, the fourth one, fourth pad, is to make up and honor a plan for a fair and practical child time sharing schedule with the other parent. This kind of goes with uh, just making sure that you are always in communication with the other parent and not just drop them off at their mom's house or a dad's house without telling them because that can cause a lot of stress. And if the parent hasn't planned time to, you know, spend time with the kids and stuff, that can just be a whole mess in and of itself. And so just make sure you're communicating back and forth. Keep that communication line open and you want to make sure that the plan that you come up with is is fair and you want to honor their time the you know your former spouse and the ch children's time you want to make sure that the other parent can spend time with their kids when it's their time to you know hang out with the kids and stuff and so honor their time honor what they have going on along with the along with the children if they have sports and stuff like honor that and just kind of do what they want to do at that point. And that, and that goes perfectly into the next one as well. I think in number six of the things that we can do oh, there you go. to control is to tell the other parent in advance about necessary changes in plans. So that just really just comes down to a respect thing that um, if you have a culture of respect in your divorce relationship, things will just flow a lot more smoothly. So with those two, it's really just about respect with the time that you share together. Really the last three, because even talking like the time that you spend together with the child, it comes down to respect of the relationship with the child to the parent in both aspects, mom to the parent, dad to the parent, or dad to the kid, mom to the kid. Um, yeah, so just tell the other parent about things in advance that are happening that might affect the set schedule that you have because that could take away from the, the time that they have with their kid that they've set aside and maybe have something planned. So just be respectful and it's, so, it's something so easy that you can control to help 
make things go smoother. And a lot of these things might seem small and petty, but it's these small and simple things that will bring about great things <laughs> that scripture talk over mm. here. The small and simple things will bring about great things when it comes to these divorce Very situations true. because there's not a lot of big grandiose things that you can do to, to fix a divorce when it comes to the parent, when it comes to the kid's mindset and their coping with it. But small and simple things can, like Enoch has been saying, I like the analogy, it can pad the fall that they're going down. It can impact the, it can lessen the impact of the blow that they're receiving by doing these small things. Because even being respectful about the time that you spend together with the kid and with time changes and plan changes, that shows the kid that you care about the other person too. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a respect thing. All of these things, it's just about respect. Yeah, and regardless of how awesome you are, regardless of how great your divorce is going, your children are still going to fall. And like we talked about at the very beginning, it's up to you to determine, in a sense, how far they fall and how hard that hit is. And every child is different. You know, you can put all these safety measures into place and they can still have a really hard time with it. But these are things that will still help them. You know, every child is different to one degree or another and how these will help them, but these are still pads nonetheless and it will lighten the blow. So the next one is do not speak of adult business or engage in conflicting arguments in front of the children or at least within earshot. So you sometimes you need to have difficult conversations and especially around the divorce and kind of making plans that can get heated sometimes. And so... Make sure that your kids don't hear you arguing all the time. Or, I mean, I would say it all, especially during a divorce, because, again, mm-hmm. they're already falling. And if they just hear you arguing all the time, or even at all, then, in a sense, just kind of gets rid of one pad, you know, and makes that fall just a little bit yeah. worse. And so just do your best to have those conversations at night when the kids are down or when they're at school so you can... If something does need to be hashed out, you can and uh, without worrying about uh, affecting the children. Yeah, there was a one of the parenting <clears throat> classes I took a couple semesters ago. Um, it was talking about how the house is a safe place for the kids. Mm-hmm. And yes. battles, battles, quote unquote, shouldn't be happening inside of the house because it's yeah. a safe zone. It's a neutral zone. And so if you're going to have a battle or an argument, sometimes those arguments need to happen. Sometimes those disagreements need to be hashed out especially when it comes to working out a divorce, they need to happen and they should happen. We're not saying to not have those conversations. What we're saying is to leave the neutral ground. I would, I would argue leave the house. Don't argue inside of the walls of the house because kids hear things. Yeah. Like I have very loving parents, but I remember hearing conversations that I probably shouldn't have heard as a kid just because like mm-hmm. adult conversations mm-hmm. need to happen. But I remember hearing those conversations and um, as a kid, you just don't understand them. And looking back now, that was just harmless adult talk about things that need to be talked about, especially with like finances and stuff like that. They're just taken out of context a lot of the yeah, times. That's the thing with kids. They just don't understand. They hear raised voices or like serious tones as like, Oh, mom and dad hate each other or they're yeah. gonna, they don't like me or this isn't going to turn out well. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Wow. I'm losing my voice. Oh man. <clears throat> you got to answer the quick. mic. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that didn't, it wasn't too loud. <laughs> so what I'm saying here is I guess leave the house. Maybe find a bench at a park or, Go get in the car, drive somewhere to a different location so the kids don't see you and they don't hear you. Because even if they're asleep and it's late at night, that arguing could wake a kid up. And they yeah. kids hear yeah. things. 
So leave the safe zone, get out of the house because that's supposed to be a safe haven for kids. So just leave and go do it yeah, somewhere else. I love that. Um, yeah. And then the next one, let's see here. I'm kind of losing my, okay. So speak only respectfully about the other parent to their child. Um, so this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, um, speak highly of the time they spend with the other parent and the value of the time they spend with the other parent. But this one's a lot more um, broad when it comes to the language and rhetoric we use about the other parent. I think it's kind of like a, a cultural thing to just to talk crap about your divorced spouse mm-hmm. and to um, say everything that they went wrong and everything they did bad. And, and if that's the case, that's okay to vent about that, especially in a healthy situation, a therapy session or with a loving friend or a parent. Um, but that should never, ever be done in front of a child, like ever. That's just, that's so detrimental to what you're trying to do with just lining up those padded walls and um, putting down that padding for the kids that are a bit, inevitably going inevitably going to fall because of this divorce and so if you can't do anything other things if you can't really control or if you feel like you can't do any of these other things because they're too hard please focus on this because i feel like this is probably going to be the most important thing for your child to never hear you talk bad about their other parent because that's that's going to do so much the way they see them and the relationship they have with them and then if the bad relationship forms because of the way that you talk about the other parent that is going to negate any other positive things that you're trying to do. Right. Cause that's just, they're going to miss out on that relationship with that other parent and any parenting book class workshop that you're going to take ever in the history of parenting, you will learn that relationships with both parents, especially in a divorce situation is going to create the best outcome for the child. But if you're just talking crap on the other parent all the time, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Nothing good. Yeah. So, and, yeah. And just think, what what are you modeling for your child at this time? Mm-hmm. Like, you're modeling, oh, if you don't like someone, talk crap about them behind their back. And then when you're with them, maybe act like you actually like them. Yeah, good point. And so don't be surprised when your kids grow up and do that. Same thing with anything that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if your kids argue with one another when you argue with your spouse in front of them all the time. Like, remember that you as a parent, you are a model. You are the ones that they look up to on how to live, how to do certain things, how to communicate, how to react to certain situations. And so the way you handle this is going to affect them, like, not only in their development, but, I mean, I guess that is a part of their development too, about how how they learn to communicate and react and respond to different situations. And because when I look back on my life and the way I respond to a lot of things or the way I used to, that that came from my parents, the way they did it. And whether it was good or bad, it doesn't matter. That's, you know, where I learned it from were from my parents. And whether they, you know, were saying, look, this is how you handle a situation. Most of the time that doesn't happen. You know, kids are just like little sponges, like the mirror neurons. Mm -hmm. The kids tend to mirror things that they, they see. And so if you are talking crap about their parent, then what are you modeling? And ask yourself that as well as you go throughout all these is, what are you modeling for your mm. child at this point? You know, and how do you want your child to handle a situation if they did get a divorce in the future? If you hadn't had an ugly divorce and you were very, uh, you know, you the kids 
saw everything that happened in the divorce, everything that was ugly, all the bad, then that same thing could happen to them. And where did they learn it? From you and from the way you handled it. Like that's a heavy mantle to carry, I think, as a parent, but it's also a necessary one because that's something that you have control over as well. And that's something that's really important to know is that you do have control over it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have control over what the other spouse does, what their parent does, but what you do can have a significant impact, especially in being a model. Amen. Amen. Raise the roof. Hello. Mm-hmm. All right. So the second to last one, almost done here. Stick with us. I know there's a lot. <laughs> so we need to be open and available when the child wants to talk about the divorce. Validate any emotion and don't put a timetable on getting over it in quotation marks. <laughs> and I think that's really important because children have feelings too. And regardless of why your child is feeling a certain way, that feeling is valid. Okay, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily like true or false or whatever. They're still feeling that and it's still having an effect on them. And so create an environment, like Austin was saying, with that house of safety or wherever your safety zone is with your kids, create that safe environment to allow them to talk about the divorce and not just say, we don't talk about that here in this house. You know, it's over or that's in the past. Get over it. Or that happened two years ago. You should be over it by now. Like don't should all over your kids. (laughs) It should be over or you shouldn't be feeling this way anymore. Like again, so many, like we're all so different and we handle situations so differently and a divorce can have a significant impact and it will have an impact on the kids. Like we've said multiple times, in this episode, like regardless, they're going to be affected, but some kids, it's just really hard on them. And even years down the line, it can still, it can still be really affected by it. And so when you create that atmosphere of, okay, we can talk about this, we can still talk about the divorce. You know, how are you feeling? Why are you feeling, you know, sad today when the divorce happened years ago? Like, why? What's up? What's going on? Let's talk about it. And just creating that atmosphere can make a world of difference. And really, I mean, this is also a really big pad in all these pads is creating that environment to be able to talk about difficult things, especially when, I mean, it involves your children because they are still human. They still have feelings and their feelings are still valid regardless if they have context or not. Yeah. So just be be open with them about it and um, have those conversations that you might stray away from because of how difficulty it might be to have with the child because Mm -hmm. they need that time to hash that over with the parent to understand really the situation and i really like the not putting a timetable on the getting over it because most i don't want to say most i'll say there will be some people that never really get over their parents divorce and they shouldn't have to because that's a really hard thing for some people like if my parents got divorced even now they never will but even if my parents got divorced now, that would affect me as an adult child who's lived out of the home for almost three right. years. And so that would affect me greatly. It, it has ripple effects throughout a family. And so um, that's I think that's a really important thing to remember is to never put a timetable on healing with these things because you need to always have that emotional availability to your children. That even if it is four years later and they're almost an adult and they're still having struggles with the divorce, 
Um, that's your responsibility who chose to get the divorce to help them with that. That's the kind of goes back to the little stance I took earlier. I will always advocate for saving a marriage. I don't think it's always possible, but I will always advocate, advocate to try to save a marriage because I think some marriages can and should be saved, but I also think some marriages should not try to be saved um, for abusive situations or just for, um, it just doesn't work out. It's best for both people. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you do choose to get divorced, it is your responsibility to take care of things like this with your kids and never, um, tell them to get over it. That's the, probably the worst thing you could do. Yeah. So when you make that decision to put in those divorce papers, be prepared to be emotionally available to your kids for the rest of your life to talk about the divorce because yeah. that, that's going to affect them greatly. Because you, you chose to get the divorce and you chose to have children. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, I know sometimes, sometimes children just happen. Choice, yeah. <laughs> but you made those decisions. And so those are responsibilities that you need to take care of and not just avoid. And again, that's a heavy mantle. But at this point in your life, if you are getting a divorce or if you do have kids and you're getting a divorce, then these are things that you had control over. You made the decision. And so just take that mantle and carry it. It's a hard one, mm-hmm. but uh, it's necessary. You need to. It's your responsibility. Yep. Yeah. It's, you're responsible for your kids' emotional well-being at that point in a great sense because of how big an effect, big of an effect divorce has on a kid. Yeah. Which absolutely. leads us perfectly into the very last thing that um, you can do as a parent, thing you control, is to put the child first when determining child support payment and where to live always ask what is best for our child. And so I'm just gonna break down the first sentence because it's kind of different from the second sentence. So put the child first when determining child support payment and where to live. Um, Don't just make decisions for the kid and saying like, we're gonna move here and we're gonna do this, 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 and this. Uh, Sorry kid, you're just coming along, just dragging Mm -hmm. with you. Make sure they're involved in the decision making in situations like this because they are, their world is falling apart around them. Like their whole life is falling apart in that instance of divorce. So please involve them in situations like this and um if you're maybe a kid listening and your parents are going through this try to get your voice in there because you your voice deserves to be heard and parents your kid's voice deserves to be heard in these situations because they're going to know what they need best and so please listen to them please involve them and so that's what i have to say about the first one about payments and where to live second part what's best for our child that kind of goes back to what we were just saying about being responsible i live by this I guess motto, mantra, whatever you want to call it, about being 100% responsible. There is always something you can do about a situation and you can always avoid being acted upon about around about things going on around you. And there's always something you can do to make a situation better or to make it less worse. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> less harmful. Less harmful. Something um, like that. You could, there's... I love the old cliche, excuses are like feet. We all have them and they all stink. Ooh. And that's what I feel like with stuff like this. You might have a million excuses of why you might not be able to do some of these things with helping your kid transition through the divorce. But those excuses stink really bad. Because you have the ability to be 100% responsible in every aspect of your life. And so I'm not saying that's easy or that everyone had the ability just to pick up their pull on their big boy pants and be responsible right. all the time. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying it's possible and that everyone should try to be 100, 100% responsible in That's every a good aspect should. of their life. It's a good should. You should <laughs> be 100% responsible mm-hmm. in everything that you do because you're going to avoid 
things like imposter syndrome. You're going to avoid um, things, feelings of anxiety and depression when you take responsibility for your life. And when you take responsibility for the life of your child, if you're going through a divorce, and even not in a divorce, when you have a healthy relationship with your spouse, being 100% resp responsible, that's a tongue twister every time I say it. When you do that, you set your child up for success. So when you ask that question, what's best for our child, you ask yourself, what can I do to be responsible for this child because of, and again, this, is, this might sound harsh, because of the mess that I made or my relationship made with my spouse. Because again, there's some divorces that need to happen, but like we said earlier, the fall that comes from a divorce to a kid is a mess and it's always going to happen. Some kids it's easier than others. Some kids handle it better than others, but they're always gonna have an impact. And so you need to decide what you're going to do to help with that mess that you did create that sometimes needs to be created. Like we said, I just don't want people to feel bad if they have gotten divorced. You brought them along in the mess. I exactly. Mean, and you had to. You had to, yeah. It's, it's better than leaving them. <laughs> exactly, right? Like you, you chose to, to go yeah. through this difficult thing. And like you said, it's sometimes it's the right choice. But also the right choice is to be responsible in cleaning up the mess that that choice creates. Because it's going to be messy no matter what. Even if they're really good divorces that are clean and healthy. Yeah. And, and loving and just respectful, there's still going to be, I guess, little potholes. Yeah, repercussions, yep. potholes, yep. Um, little slips that are going to happen, because it's just not fun going through those transitions, especially for younger kids. So always ask yourself what's best for the kid, what where you're living, the time they spend with the other parent, um, just anything. That's the best question that's going to guide you. The things that you can control and be 100% responsible for is asking what's best for them. That's going to guide yep. you to the best outcome. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's it. So there you have it. You have the five factors that determine the rate and quality of adjustment, and then nine different paths that you can apply in your relationship with a divorced spouse and children or during a divorce, things that will lighten that fall. And so I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you found something useful. And even if you haven't gotten a divorce or you ever will or whatever. I think these things are very, just good principles to know. And I think we all know at least one person that's gotten a divorce. And so you can share this episode with them or share some of the things that you learned in this episode with them to help them lighten the fall for them or for their kids as well. And this also did come from a little article. We'll link it down below. And so if you do want to you know, go look at all these steps, all these paths that you can uh, implement, they will be down in the show notes and down in the, the description. So thank you all so much for listening. And like always, taking us out is the one and only Danny D. Thanks for listening. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? 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 Yeah.